a dream of being in radio? Radio? radio have you envisioned yourself in studio with the live dj as the listeners let you provide the soundtrack of their day maybe you have the voice of the people an ear to the streets it will be the sound advice or comedic release someone needs for their day well here's your opportunity the partners of power 214 radio and media are looking for fresh new shows and hosts with passion just like you if you have a call into radio a background in broadcaster or would just like to have your own podcast or talk show on a national radio platform, contact us now at power214.com or directly at 214-709-9666. Shampoo. What's up, world? You're tuned in to Power214.com. This is your boy, Frankie, and you're listening to another episode of the World Famous Man Lounge. Uh, unfortunately, that dude is not here yet. Uh, that dude is having some vehicle problems, but that's not an issue. That's not an issue. As you know, the Man Lounge is proudly sponsored by DSRRBusRental.com. That's right. If you're traveling to Dominican, if you need activities, if you got a group, if you need transportation, whatever you need, Rosario can take care of it. Give him a shout, 717-589-8406. 
Hey, man, coming off a, a great episode last week, we got a lot of things going on in the world today, but today I'm very proud to have in the Man Lounge, a new Man Lounge member, we're going to give it up right now, Brother Michael Burke. What's going on? He is a author, consultant, and a motivational speaker. I'm glad to have you here, man. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad you reached out. Um, I can't wait to jump into some of these topics that we were talking about today, man. Definitely. I don't know what's going to happen. Somebody somebody may feel kind of that, that way today. Somebody Uh-oh. going <laughs> to feel it out there. I don't know who you are, but somebody's going to feel it out there. Well, if you feel that way today, man, make sure you let us know about it. You can always call us in the Man Lounge. Today's another Feel Good Friday. You can just hit us up and let us know what you're feeling good about. 469-759-7797. Once again, that's 469-759-7797. Want to give a special shout out to my frat brother Michael Willis out there in Chicago, who's down in Dominican Republic right now. I know you're hosting your uh, sixth annual uh, Christmas in October. You guys had your uh, icebreaker last night, meet and greet, if you will, at Blue Ice. Uh, y'all was doing your thing over there, so uh, wish you best luck with that. I know y'all having a good time down there. I know some other brothers will be joining you here pretty soon. Uh, man, just a lot going on, Mike. When I say there's a lot going there's on, bro, there's a lot there. going on, man. People out here talking real crazy these days, man. Crazy and reckless. But before we get into all that, man, you know, part of what the Man Lounge is about is connecting the community to resources and vice versa. Yeah. And you're definitely a resource in the community. So I want you to tell people about your conference that you have coming up, uh, what people can expect from the conference, what they can take away from it. Uh, talk to us about what you got going on with that. So the Real Advantage Conference was birthed because um, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs – in, in the space, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area particularly, don't know what it takes to have an advantage or use their advantage to get inside a, a, a space where they're doing their business on a high level. Correct. So I brought in some guys um, who were close to me um, who are going to give people practical stuff. Now, I hate conferences where you go to and yeah. you come out of there hyped up, yeah. but you ain't got nothing to take home with you. So you just, Or you got to go subscribe to a bunch of stuff to absolutely. actually get to the content. I told of, every guy that was in there that this is not about subscription. This ain't about somebody buying a service from you. Mm-hmm. I need people to pay for this, come in, and walk out with actual tools that will take their business to the next level in the next three to six, uh, three to six months. Feeling fulfilled. Yep. So we got. Uh, I got m- myself. I'm going to be doing a lot of business development talks um, and workshop on that level. I have a friend who's coming in doing leadership development on a real high scale. Show you how to use your talents mm-hmm. to get you an advantage in the workspace or in the entrepreneur space. I have a gentleman by the name of Jay Mamie who's going to be coming out and talking about how to use your brand and elevate yourself inside of your influence. Mm-hmm. I got a guy by the name of Chris Fisher. Who's going to be coming in and talking about high level? He's a man lounge member. You know, Fish done been here. Fish the mogul. Fish, my shout out to Fish the mogul. Fish the mogul, man. Yeah, he's going to be talking about some high level um, financial stuff that's going to help people take their yeah his wealth and whiskey series. Oh yeah, Yeah, wealth and whiskey talks been crazy, man. We've been learning a lot of stuff. He came on here to promote that out, and uh, just so those that know, man, I met Brother Michael uh, Burks uh, during Next Fest. That was my second year involved with Next Fest. And so uh, during Next Fest, you know, I, uh, they, the way we had it set up, you were in the, uh, not the VIP room, but we we purposely created that room to be like a social yeah. area where people would mix and mingle and kind of be forced to interact yeah. with each other. Yeah. And so it was purposely designed that way. I and uh, a, we put a couple of influencers game. like yourself in there, uh, which, which is a great thing, man, because what as much access as people have now through social media... Um, they also end up accessing content that's that's worthless. Yep. 
Yeah. It's, it's an overload of worthless content that goes on out there. My, my coach told me one time, you got to stop stop becoming, uh, uh, what is it, constipated with information. Correct. Right? You're consuming everybody. You're consuming these guys like E.T., Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, mm-hmm. you know, all these guys, and you ain't doing nothing with the information nothing. that you're doing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it, just to talk about entrepreneurship real quick, like it took us, what, I did that two years, maybe okay. three years ago. And we're just now connecting. Yeah, what was that, 17? Yeah. Yeah, 17. We're just now connecting on a professional level, yeah. developing relationships and and being memorable enough to where somebody be like, yo, you know what? I remember this person. Yeah. I'd like to work with him. Me and you haven't talked since that day. Correct. And we had a couple uh, well, of texts. Well, I would say we, we texted and then we followed up, but paths yeah. have been going yo, yo, opposite direction. I think I got into, I started doing entertainment, so I started uh, managing some comedians and a few music. Uh, Musicians booking. Than what we were talking about. route than what he was talking about. When he was talking about me, I, it was some next level bit, divis, bit yeah. stuff on the commercial level. But and then, then, now it, and like then I flipped it to uh, pushing a speaker series. So yeah. I was working with a couple of clients on that. And then more recently, uh, I've had some talks possibly going in another direction mm. before the end of this year that'll set me up through this 2023. Way. So. I'm gonna stick close to him. I'm stick, I thought I was doing so. I'm gonna stick close to him. After I do the conference, please believe you won't see Mike Burks for a while. You see him next to this guy, man. This, but this is what I learned because I only been on social media since August, and that's actually where I reconnected with you guys because I saw the yeah. the thing on there, and I was like, "Yo, I know that dude. Like, I need to reach out to him." <laughs> and so, when you talked about being memorable, man, one of the things that we do is we like to tell the story in the background. So, tell people about where you're from, yeah. uh, what you're doing currently with your company. I know I, I gave you a high level deal. But yeah. talk about some projects and things that you got going on outside of the conference, what you do with your company. Man, I am a humble kid from Chicago, Illinois, man. Um, grew up, you know, the ma- the stuff that you hear about. Mm-hmm. Drug infested home, alcohol abuse, child abuse, parent- parental abuse. Anything that you think of that should be, shouldn't be going on in the household, that's what the environment I grew up in. Okay. And I always had other people outside the environment look at me and say, you're, you're going to be great. Yeah. And I always push to the side because, well, I'm a Chicago kid. I'm a little thug. I'm doing my thing. Yeah. I, I know I'm going to be great. You know, I, I get it. I'm going to be great on the court or I'm going to be great in these streets and with these bags <laughs> in my pocket yeah. or something. But I got you. Um, over time, people showed me different things. Uh, and the the space where my life changes when my grandmother, uh, my grandmother, right before she passed, she had a conversation with me. She said, you need to get away from people who are holding you down so that you can be the person that you're meant to be because I see it in you. Yeah. And I did what she told me to do. You know what I mean? There was a more specific conversation, but I did what I told, she told me to do, and my life started elevating from there and the people around me and everything like that. So now I went from being 15 years in information technology, doing everything from break fix to consulting on my own with major companies like, you know, Barclays Capital and all these guys mm-hmm. to now doing consulting on my own business development, profit management, um, leadership development, things of that sort. So right now, uh, I'm heavy on two things. One, helping people build businesses, Mm -hmm. and two, helping professional athletes um, cut through the stigma of mental health and create things on and off off the court. Okay. Um, I'm currently working on some deals right now that I'm trying to work through. Uh, These guys go through a lot of stuff, bro. Um, you know, the, the, the separation anxiety, the oh, yeah. anxiety, all the stuff. And the only reason I got into it is because last year, 2017, I got diagnosed with anxiety. Okay. Severe anxiety. I had an anxiety attack while I was in San Diego, and um, it kind of, it almost took me out. So I have a one-year player development with Kansas City Royals. Nice. Uh, working with them off of the field. 
working with the high, uh, high school athletes that were drafted. Yeah. Uh, and then for about nine years, I was a senior associate uh, athletic director at Delaware State. Oh, yeah. So I understand what uh, student athletes go through uh, yeah. off the field, on the field. Uh, I'm a coach at heart. Yeah. Uh, I used to be on the field. And then, uh, long story short, we ended up getting fired one year. We, <laughs> we were predicted in preseason, bro, to, to be number 10. Okay. What? Uh, this particular year, I want to say it was 2007, uh, Delaware State Hornets. Uh, yeah, 2007 it would have been because we won the championship in 2008. So, in 2007, we, we weren't even on the radar. We finished the last game of the season. We ended up losing to Howard. They were like 0-9. We lose to Howard, so they ended up 1-9. and And if we had won that game, we would have been co-champs. Well, that Monday, coach walks in and decides to fire everybody. What? And after from that day forward, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I want to be coach's boss. True. So True. I went from being a kinesiology major to a sport management major and then end up getting my master's in sports administration oh, with concentration in leadership development. This guy. This guy, man. <laughs> and so what my, doesn't he do? My junior year in college, yeah. I was appointed as interim senior associate athletic director and literally the dean of my college calls over to the athletic director like, what the hell are you doing? This dude's still a student. Yeah, and uh, he was like, listen, this dude wrote the standard operating procedure manual for 17 sports. Our revenues are going up. I took it on as a project. Yeah. yeah. So I'm telling this story because you told a similar story about your upbringing. And uh, I experienced a lot of the same things because of where I was from, being in New Jersey, coming here, uh, transplanting to Dallas, coming here to Dallas, not feeling accepted because I was feeling like the East Coast kid. So I was having a lot of problems at school. Yeah. I was acting out. I spent yeah. a couple hundred days they in treat, ISS. You know what I'm saying? They treat us. It's a lot of difference. They treat yeah. us different, man. And so uh, when I ended up finding out about sports and connecting with sports yeah. and, and having that release, well, that, that curbed my behavior in the classroom. Nice. I was part of that generation down here in Dallas that was a no pass, no play. That was one, I was one yeah. of the first generations. Yeah. So yeah. now you're telling me I'm, if my behavior in the classroom, I got to have it up to par in order for me to play on the field. Boom, so but I was good. counteracting it. You know nah. what I mean? That's the part that I don't like, you know, even for the professional athletes. You know, you tell yeah. me that, you know, you need me to manage my anxiety, manage my feelings, do all this on, on the court for you, jump, shoot, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But at the same time, you give me no resources to manage it. And if I do take it, the crazy part is the medicine, bro. So the medicine they gave me, they gave me a warning and said, don't take it all, all the time. Or mm-hmm. take it when you need it mm-hmm. because it's addictive. Mm-hmm. So now you give me a But how do you know when you need it? That's exactly, you know what I mean? So now, if it's an addictive drug that's supposed to be helping me with my anxiety, I'm trying not to use it so much, but when I do use it, yeah. and I use it too much, now you're going to find me for being on some type of drug or anything like yeah. that. So it's a it's a win-win for the league a lot of times, and I'm trying to see if we can fight that mental health issue on a different level, man. So maybe one day me and you can partner up and see what that looks like. Hey, and, and if you just tune in, your power, you're tuning in to power214.com. You're listening to Frankie and that dude on, on the man lounge, and we're sitting here chopping it up with brother Michael Burke and talking about mental health around student athletes and professional athletes. Uh, to dive into it even even more, uh, just about two weeks ago, we had an NFL agent on, brother uh, Ron Hawthorne out there in Philadelphia. Yep. He was helping uh, educate people about the pay-for-play bill that just passed in California. Yep. Now, when we talk about mental health, though, I'll, I'll ask you a question because, you know, we want to be transparent on this platform. Absolutely. If an athlete is already being paid X amount of dollars, are you looking at it from employer-sponsored insurance or should this be something that athletes should be looking to invest in themselves for long-term care? Because at the end of the day, the employer's responsibility is only but so much. Yep. 
You see what I'm saying? I get you, yeah. And so... I think ownership is the biggest part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Take ownership of your life in every way. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, the league, whichever one it is, will take ownership of your life. Correct. Because you're, you're a commodity to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're an asset. You're someone who can come in, bring in the numbers, bring in the, you know, the fans, all that stuff. When it comes down to your mental health, when it comes down to your financial health, your relational health, and your business health, all those things... I think you should take ownership of it and be mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to put a plan in place, some contingencies, some people that care about me that's going to be able to put me in the right uh, space, yeah. right? And, and that's I, that's the space I think that they don't understand because they have so many yes people around them because they're getting paid that they're like, no, just do this. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And it never gets taken care of. And then you get an Antonio Brown. Yeah, you, and, and that's, that's who I was going to refer to is uh, – there were some things that Antonio Brown has said early on when he was dealing with his helmet situation that really wasn't a helmet situation. Yeah. Uh, we had brother um, Damian Robinson. He yeah. played with the Jets yeah, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. So Damian was here, and he was telling us, you know, while we on the outside looked at it as this dude is being stubborn and trying to get a helmet, he was actually bringing uh, exposure to an area that was going to land him a sponsorship deal. And then subsequently his actions behind that got that deal canceled. But he eventually did get a deal with Zenith on a new helmet. Yeah. So I understood um, the tactics behind that. But the comments that I that I found troubling when it came to Antonio Brown was he was referencing that uh, he basically was unhappy in, in Oakland because the system had failed him. Yeah. Now, I, if you're saying that, and this is Antonio Brown's words, yeah. the system had failed him. How do you leave Oakland or want to leave Oakland and then go to New England, who is nothing but <laughs> the exemplary? Exactly. Uh, you yeah, know, they, yeah. they, they, they are the system. They created what is the system, exactly. you know? Exactly. And the, the, the back end of that is, you know, I want to change the system. I want to get out of it. Y'all tripping. Y'all giving me all this problem, but I still got to get paid. Yeah. Because the only thing I know is to catch this ball. Yeah. You know I mean? Which he can do at a high level still yeah, right now. Right, right now. Even if somebody wanted to take the chance on him, he can come in and still do it. But And I think the door might be back open for him because one of those lawsuits, that sexual lawsuit, the number two yep. one that came on, has yep. been dismissed. Yep. Uh, she dropped it. Yep. So that's that, that's an eye-opener to be like, okay. Well, that sounds like his agent it. finally fucking woke up and was like, <laughs> let me let me get this dude yeah. out of this hot water. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm thinking – I'm thinking he may get another chance. It may be next year. Yeah. It may be towards the end of this year. Who knows? Man, there's a lot of teams I could use them this year. I would love to have them. Let me tell you. You're a Cowboy me. fan? No, no, no. So the Chicago Bears, excuse me. Um, if we can get Antonio Brown or or maybe even uh, some of the other people out here, Colin Kaepernick, we need a quarterback. So we can get Come Colin on, Kaepernick. Come on, man. Mitchell Trubisky's out there. What do no, you no, mean? No, 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 no. I, Mitch, I love you. You've been doing okay. But we need something that's going to take us to the. Uh, to y'all the Super have had a, y'all have had a big drop off. I mean, we're definitely getting into sports, but y'all have had a big drop off from last year's offense production. Now let, let me make it clear: I'm a Giant fan. I, I, I live I see, in Dallas. I see. But my second love is Chicago because I worked with the yeah. Chicago Bears and Tony Medlin. Yeah. In the equipment department. Okay. So I was out there the years that uh Tank no Tank uh, Johnson was coming out oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, with the gun situation and all that. Ooh. So we were out there uh, working with T-Med. Shout out to T-Med and, and Big O, uh, my, my, my mentor and advisor, Mark Springs. Uh, but 
when it comes to Chicago football in that atmosphere, man, there's a different type of cold in Chicago, bro. Yeah. Like I yeah. had coach from the East Coast, <laughs> and, and my coach just got all disrespected. Yeah. So I ended yeah. up having to buy a coat while I was out there, oh, yeah. right there off Michigan Ave. Man, you you feel the history, you feel the that, that wind will the culture your your body, it man. Will but your bones. If you not look, I've done that plenty of times, thinking that like, all right, I'm gonna jump off this plane. I'm coming from Dallas. The coach should be all right. I jump off the plane and get downtown. I'm like, yo, where is the nearest <laughs> store? I got to do it. Like, I went and got me a out. triple fat goose. Uh, Man, uh, it's just, I think it's just made differently in Chicago. Because here, you know, you get a triple goose and it, it, it breaks the nah, wind. Nah, nah, it didn't do it out it there. there You'd be like, wait a minute. And what so, are y'all talking about? Uh, a lot of the – I was only there for a few weeks. So, T-Med took, brought me out there. I was learning a lot about the system. Uh, I was only supposed to be there two weeks, and then they ended up keeping me a few more weeks because yeah. he, he liked how I had worked. But while we're there, they did something uh, for the entire staff, so they took us to a steakhouse. One of the very first times where I actually had to sit down in a professional manner and, and really follow protocol, if you will, on how to eat with oh, a group yeah, with yeah. a group of other men. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't just uh, the homies going out. You you were seen as colleagues and employees, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just a different experience. And then it's it's different in that that corporate yeah because uh, you're being judged yeah. you're being evaluated yeah all the way down to how you order your food correct you know what i mean because they're like yo if what fork you using food like that then how does he treat his people exactly you know what i mean and a lot of people don't think on that high level but you got to yeah like when i shake people's hand I, a man's hand got to give it that firm grip it's not even just a firm grip so somebody taught me this one time this uh this caucasian guy who's a mentor to me i can't say his name because he wants to stay in the secret a lot but um, he shook my hand one time and he showed me something in business. If a person can shake their hand and have your hand over their, their hand over yours, it's a sign that domination you, domination and you feel beneath them. Yeah. You have to go in full on right there, you know, he, even handed mm-hmm. and hold your hand there to let him know this is this is where we are. We are equals. Yeah. A lot of people don't even notice that there are people like making you, and it's a subconscious thing that somebody can do it and make you feel small. If you notice, if you shake somebody's hand like that, they instantly scrouge the, a little bit like Or the this. shoulders come in or they, they sink. They yeah. feel little. Yeah. And you're able to manipulate the whole conversation at that point. And I've, I've done it just to try it out. And I was like, yo, that's a crazy time. And it works. It works in business and they do it every day. And, and, I always encourage people, especially like sometimes I'll get people that are contact me and they want to do a consultation. Yeah. And I just keep it real. I tell you, you don't need me. You, you just have to dig a little deeper in yeah. what you want on your vision. Yeah. Because my thing is, if you can't articulate to me what you really want is one, you either haven't done your research or two, you really haven't put the right foundation together yeah. to stand on. When I'm doing so in my coaching, not aware into that part. Yeah. So That's I can't I, I can't create your foundation. Yeah, I can't. You got to come to me with a foundation and I can give you the parts to help build on top of that. So in my in my when I do tra- uh, breakthrough coaching, like mm-hmm. when I'm trying to help you get to the deepest part in the core of yourself. Um, I f- we first have to find out who you are. Mm-hmm. Then we find out, you know, what you do. Then we find out why you do it. And then that how that you came to me about, mm-hmm. then we can go through that. But unless you know who you are in here and in here, because if you ask most men, well, so who are you? They'll tell you, ooh, excuse me. They'll tell you all this cool stuff about how they, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I made this much money. I didn't say what you do. Who are you? Who you are? Yeah. Who are you? And here and here. I'm a father. I'm a husband. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tell people that. Who are you? I'm a yeah. man of I, me. I'm a man of principles and values 
who loves helping people no matter where they are in life. Yeah. How do I do that? Through coaching, speaking, uh, uh, consulting, and, and basically helping people take themselves from where they are, where they want to be. One of the things that I found myself doing uh, when I created my company was <clears throat> I found some information on the Internet that I found very interesting. Yeah. And it was actually flipping the model of answering why first. Yep. That's what the Fortune 500 companies do. Yeah. So when you when you work backwards from the why to the who, what, and yeah, go yeah, on yeah, and yeah. on, you're able to uh, reverse engineer your vision. Yeah. And then that all that's going to overflow to your marketing. That's yep. going to overflow to your branding and your advertising. Yep. And so yep. what I've learned to do is define why yep. in activities first. Because sometimes you'll find yourself just following a trend, not knowing you're following a trend. And that's and so that one right there, I use that model for people who are on a high level. Mm-hmm. For, but for people who just starting out as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you ask them, most people don't know who they are, period. Correct. With outside of the business, outside of their job, outside of a husband, they don't know exactly as a personal mm-hmm. person, they don't know who they are. But if you're on a high level and you're making you're, you're making a little money, you, you, you know what you're trying to do with it, now we can reverse engineer the why you got into this and go and work backwards. I, I use that model for people who are high level thinkers. And you got to be able to drill down. Inch wide, mile deep. That's what I call yeah. it. So in my coaching, we do inch, mile, wide deep. What's the inch? What's the thing that's plaguing you the most? Mm-hmm. And let's drill down all the way down the iceberg. Because a lot of times people don't see the thing that's bothering you the most is minute and small. Yeah. But it's so heavy up under the surface because it's so huge and all these things, these variables mm-hmm. are attached to it that you're, you don't see it. You're looking at the surface level of it. So stop looking at that surface level of the iceberg, that little piece that keeps bothering you, I need you to dive in under the water, look at how big the iceberg is, and find out the main three issues that are plaguing you that causes the one issue that's doggone irritating. But what if, what if you run into that client that says, hey, I'm, I'm good spiritually, emotionally, everything's good, I got, I'm motivated to work, uh, but I'm having a problem connecting my product and going to market. Do you do coaching around uh, being able to take small businesses and entrepreneurs to market? Yes, absolutely. So in that problem, we have four areas that we're going to look at. There's four P's in business that we can find out what the issue is. There's mm-hmm. people, product, profit, and I forgot the last one because I'm, I got a brain. <laughs> but y'all can go to IamMikeBurks.com forward slash coaching and I guarantee you'll find out exactly what I'm talking about. So there's, so if someone's talking about that high-level stuff right there, mm-hmm. I have a few tools that I've learned from consulting with people like Bain and & Company and mm-hmm. McKinney and stuff like that, that we find that issue. We got, and a lot of it is reverse engineering. Correct. You know, a lot of it is like, all right, what's the initial issue? What, what is the, the disconnect? What's the gap? One, one question I find that people fail to answer in business is, why do I go into business? Am I going into business just to simply generate profit? Am I going into business to be consumed by a larger company and sell? Am I going into business to uh, create just a lifelong revenue stream and a yep. foundation for my family? And sometimes, especially with those newer ones, and when I say newer ones, you've been in, in business five to ten years because yep. – as an entrepreneur, five to ten years is still relatively new. It can yes. take you five yes. years alone just to build build the concepts of your brand. Uh, but when it when it gets down to the nitty gritty and it, and you have to get out there and you find yourself on the grind and you find yourself chasing these dollars, a lot of times people haven't answered that, that question properly. Yeah, and I think I think it's because when you're chasing money, 
you you forget about what the business was for, mm-hmm. right? And they, they forget that there's different there's different angles to go in when you first get into business. One, there's the exit strategy where you're exiting the business and you're probably just an advisor to the business at that point. You hire the CEO mm-hmm. and he's going to take over the business after you've got it to a point where it's running smoothly, mm-hmm. it's making profit, and you're able to exit properly. Then you have the business that you created to sell. You just want it's something that was on your heart. You wanted to create it, and now you're going to sell it to somebody so you can move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, that business that is your passion and your purpose, your your baby project that you're always going to be a part of. And people don't. And those are the ones that I find with clients are the hardest ones to get them to position themselves to let go. Yeah, because they don't have an exit strategy. Because they they go in with the mind frame, and and, and I'm making I'm statements, doing. but I'm also wanting to pick your brain on yeah. it. Have you run into a lot of that? Like absolutely. And I call them those, I call those the intermediate ones. Those are the ones that are at least doing six figures on the books. They feel good about where they're at, but they need a little more capital to really uh, push themselves to the next level you in know the what market. The problem with that is they're still they still have a nine to five mentality. Mm-hmm. They really believe that that thing they created is going to be attached to them for the rest of their life. Yeah. Every idea that you have is not supposed to be attached to you for the rest of your life. Some of those ideas are meant to be relinquished into the world so they can benefit other people. And then propel you to your next project. To your next level. It might have been you that six figures, that six figures and a half, whatever that is, mm-hmm. was supposed to, you're supposed to take that and create the next thing that was supposed to elevate you to the next level. But because you're holding on to that security, mm-hmm. that, that money's coming in, you're, you're not willing to go back to step one again and recreate what's deeper inside of your heart. You have to understand there are, they have, you have to teach them that, and it's back going back to that why. Why did you create this business? Correct. Oh, I created because I needed more money in the house and da da da. Okay, you but that, money now. And I was going to say the answer to that question will evolve and change. So yeah. you have to be willing to change you it. You got money now. So why do you, what are you going to do with the money? Mm-hmm. What's next? And I ask a lot of people, a lot of my guys who are like, you know, when we finish our coaching duration and I ask them what's next, mm-hmm. we usually go on to the next duration of coaching. Because when I asked them what's next, they'd be like, what do you mean? I was like, is this as far as you're going to go? Is mm. the only idea you have? Is the only thing you've ever written down that you said this is what you want to do? No. Okay, how many other ideas do you have? Yeah. And they'd be like, man, I really want to. Then we need to start over again. And see, I give, I give my shouts out to my mother. Shout out to my mother. She's not with us. Uh, rest in peace, Mama Libby, Libby Meredith. But she, at an early age, even in high school, she would put it on us to have put together five-year plans. Yeah. She knew for the next eight years through high school and through college, you know, I needed to have some organization. Yep. So whatever it was, brainstorming wise, we would just put it on paper. Yeah. And then we would drill down from there. And if we couldn't complete an action plan or we couldn't complete a five year plan with those goals, Mom was a beast. they just wasn't. Just and, wasn't and, and, and these are things that I picked up on because she strategically she used to be an English teacher. So uh, in literature, she used to just yeah. give us the books. But, you know, at that age, I'm like, who, who wants to read, my <laughs> Right? Really? Like, I'm, I'm sitting over here. I'm, I'm trying to kick it. And you gave me this book on yeah. uh, U.S. history. And, but and- I was fortunate enough to be around experienced businessmen, yeah. uh, like my father and my uncle. Early on, they were entrepreneurs. They owned real estate property. They, they owned convenience stores. Wow. They did all those things to move on, to build houses, and, and, and to create a better lifestyle for us. And eventually, it brought us to, to Dallas, Texas. And so, I credit that to that. But... But people don't, not everybody's fortunate enough to grow up with that. Yeah. Like I said, my mother was involved with I insurance, AIG. Bro, I, I grew up around drug dealers, pimps, mm-hmm. drug alcoholics, all that stuff. There was not an entrepreneur or business owner in my space. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, my mom, 
I can't remember the last time she had a check paying job. She, my, my, I, I, the last time I remember having a check paying job is when I was maybe twelve. Mm. And I'm 44, I'm 43 years old now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like it was for years. I knew I, all I saw her was trying to hustle and, and get us to where we needed to be. So I never saw that that other side of it where yeah. people were getting up every day and working and ethics and all that other stuff. I had to look out into the world and find it. Yeah. And the crazy part is I found it in, in drug dealers. And and hold that thought, man, because we're we going to chime in and, yep. and we're going to chop it up about that. Hey, man, if you just tuned in, you're uh, listening to Power214.com, and it's the world-famous man lounger, Frankie and that dude. Uh, we're sitting here chopping it up with Brother Michael Burks, who is the author, consultant, motivational speaker, uh, just going over his background, his childhood coming up. Uh, I know we got some bills to pay. Uh, the Man Lounge is proudly sponsored by DSRR, uh, BusRental.com. That's right. If you're headed down to the Dominican Republic, like my boys Mike Willis and the Dominican Travel Group that, that's going down there for Halloween, you need transportation, you need act, act, activities. Uh, man, you need hotels. Call Rosario, 717-589-8406. Um, I believe we got a mix coming up, and uh, you'll hear this. I believe we got some uh, DJ Kool-Aid in the mix, uh, DJ Troy Boy, and I also believe I put something together. I'm trying to play DJ around here sometimes. Mike, do you, you going to hang out with us for the rest of the show today? Absolutely, man. I'm here for the duration. Definitely, definitely. So when we come back after this mix, uh, we'll, we'll chop it up and pick it up where we left off talking about you growing up and not having a male mentor in your life and where you were finding a uh, male advisory because one thing that I found out was Sometimes your mental, uh, your mentors up, world? don't even. This your boy Frankie checking in from the world famous Man Lounge on Power Two One Four dot com every Friday, five p.m. to seven p.m. We're brought to you by DSRRBusRental dot com. That's right. If you're heading down to the Dominican Republic, you need transportation, you need activities, you make sure you call the number one service provider in the island. It doesn't matter. Santo Domingo, Santiago, Puerto Plata, Cabarete, Sasua. You make sure you call Rosario at 717-589-8406. A mí nada más me mata Dios. Del 
sistema. Dale guayabú, 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 dale guayabú. favorito. Palabra de Starling Paulino. Si el ritmo te lleva a mover la cabeza y empezamos como es. Mi música no discrimina a nadie, así que vamos a romper. Con lo mío todo se puede. La fiesta la llevo en mis genes. Yo soy la reina de los nenes. Mi gente no se detiene ya, que nadie se quiere ir. Si el ritmo está en tu cabeza, ahora suéltate y mueve los pies. Me encanta cuando el bajo suena, empezamos a subir de nivel. Y toda mi gente se mueve. La fiesta la llevo en mis genes. Yo soy la reina de los nenes. Mi música los tiene fuerte bailando y se baila así. La fiesta no para, apenas comienza. Se conce, se consta. Machete, la 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 la. Francia, Colombia, Houston, Freeze. T Balvin, Willie William, Beyonce, Freeze. Los DJ no mienten, le gusta mi gente y eso se fue muy bien. No les bajamos, mas nunca paramos, eso es tropado y bien. ¿Y dónde está mi gente? Me fue a buscar la tete. With me, say yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, three, say yeah, yeah. Say my body stay wetter than the ocean. Anything that Creole in my body's like a potion. Be a beast or I can give you emotion. Please don't question my devotion. I've been giving birth on these haters 'cause I'm fed up. See these double C's on his back.
una esquina Y ahí nos vamos El mundo es grande pero lo tengo en mis manos Estoy muy duro, sí, ok, ahí vamos Y con el tiempo nos seguimos elevando Y seguimos rompiendo aquí Esta fiesta no tiene fin Botellas para arriba, sí no se detiene ¿Y dónde está mi gente? Me fue a la teta Azul, are you with me? Right to right, baby. Tú me partiste el corazón, Maluma, baby. Pero mi amor no hay problema, no, no. Ahora puedo regalar un pedacito a cada nena, solo un pedacito. Tú me partiste el Ya no venga más con eso, cuento mami Si desde el principio siempre tuve para ti Nunca me avisaron cuál era el problema Te gusta estar rodando porque amas a nada ah, Ahora me tocó a mí cambiar el sistema Andar con gatas nuevas, repartir el corazón sin tanta pena Ahora te digo goodbye, mucho brigado para ti ya no hay uh, oh, 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 oh. Obrigado, Patilla, no hay uma vez. Foi que partiu meu coração. Ai, meu coração. Mas meu amor não tem problema. Não, não. Que agora vai sobrar então. Que o que? Um pedacito a cada nena. Só um pedacito. Se eu não guardo nem dinheiro, o que dirá guardar?
Hey yo, it's your boy that dude. Come check me out in the man lounge with Frankie and that dude from five to seven every Friday. Come get in on the jokes, laughs, and so much more on power214.com. Do you have a dream of being in radio? 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 Have you envisioned yourself in studio with the live DJ as the listeners let you provide the soundtrack of their day? Day? Maybe you have the voice of the people, an ear to the streets, and will be the sound advice or comedic release someone needs for their day. Well, here's your opportunity. The partners of Power 214 Radio and Meteor are looking for fresh new shows and hosts with passion just like you. If you have a call into radio, a background in broadcasting, or would just like to have your own podcast or talk show on a national radio platform, contact us now at power214.com or directly at 214-709-9666. That's right, that's right. Welcome back, guys. You're, you're tuned in to Power214.com, and you're listening to the world-famous Man Lounge, and I'm Frankie. Hey, man, that dude is out of the studio today. Unfortunately, he had a flat tire. He's yeah. not going to make it in. Where you at, that dude? Come but, on, man. We but that dude can always call in, baby. You can always call in. Hit us on the jack, 469-759-7797. Uh, on this Feel Good Friday, man, just let us know what you're feeling good for. We are in studio chopping it up with Brother Michael Burke, who yeah, is an yep. author, consultant, um, I'm sorry. I'm too busy trying to do too many things at I one know, time. Right? I, I, just, I was doing it too. I was over here trying to put the live on and everything. Yeah, yeah. People hit me up saying, "Hey, man, they enjoying the show. They they enjoy your conversation." It. I appreciate it. Uh, right before we went to break, we were just chopping it up about uh, Michael's background and coming up in Chicago, yeah. uh, and more more specifically, find it. Where did you find uh, comfort in your male support network. That's what we'll call it. Your male support network as far as people mentoring and advising you in the streets. Cause it's an interesting story and it sounds similar to mine. Man, man. The people that was on the wrong side of the tracks was the ones that identified your potential and groomed you yeah, and yeah. kept you out of the mess. I, I've always been fortunate enough to uh, be around some folks at a young age that were doing things at a high level. Yep. They saw my work ethic. Yep. They saw my drives. So they would keep me out of the bullshit. <laughs> as as they say say yeah. shot shot town the bush it <laughs> so i have two instances and i'll, I'll make them as short as possible no nah, no problem good I, uh, bro we got another hour to go we ain't I, even into the hey, second hour yet so i'm, I'm uh i got two instances where uh mentorship came into play so okay my first my first mentor would be my mom okay and, and it's it's weird how it is right because i told you you know alcohol abuse drug mm. abuse all that other stuff but she was a intervention piece in my life. So uh, back when I was younger, um, I used to sell drugs in mm-hmm. Chicago. Won't mm-hmm. tell you the block or anything like that. I want to incriminate myself because I'm on I'm on video here. <laughs> Statue limitations. You know what I'm saying? Statue limitations. I don't want to <laughs> but I did. I sold drugs for a while. I was trying to, you know, me and my mom and the family. We had, you know, we were living inside of a um, a uh, a halfway house or maybe a, a, a home for battered women, right? Because she okay. had just got out of a very abusive relationship. We ran from uh, the person that was doing it, and um, I, we needed money. My mom didn't have a job, and, and things was coming about. I'm a, I'm a high school student. Mm-hmm. I need shoes. I need J's. I need all this stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So my, my, some friends of mine who I called my brothers, they're like, yo, you know, I saw him shopping one time over on, on uh, 63rd and Halstead, and people who from Chicago, y'all know about 63rd and Halstead back in the day. That was where you shopped at. And um, so I was like, man, where y'all getting this money from? He's like, bro, you want to get down? We, we got you. So come to, come with us after school tomorrow. So my brothers, they, you know, they, they take me to this spot. 
And my man, sit, this dude sit me down. He like, y'all, y'all, y'all trust my man? Like, man, we trust him with our life. So he like, yo, you know, take this money right quick. Go buy you a black jogger suit. Mm-hmm. Come back. So I get back in there and uh, I'm, 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 I'm working. You know, I'm working security. So I'm only I'm only working security, but I'm making you know for every thousand dollars made that night, I make four hundred. Okay. You know what I mean? So so I'm about three weeks in. You know, my mom watching me shop. I'm putting a little money in her pocket, and I don't think she like it. So it's about she don't like where the money coming from because she don't know at this point. I didn't know. Okay. She was taking the money, but that she must have been feeling some kind of way about it because three weeks later, about two o'clock in the morning, we get a we get a uh, knock at the door at the spot. Mm. And um, usually when someone doesn't know who the who the person is at the door, we go through a run-through, and everybody needs to look through the peephole and see who it is. Everybody gets through the peephole. They don't know who it is, except for one of my brothers. And he said, oh. I said, what? He said, you need to come to the door. I get to the door, look through the peephole. It's Mom Dukes. Guess who at the peephole knocking like she the police? Mom Dukes. Dukes in the building. She got, <laughs> let me in. I let my mom, we, first we had to put the guns up, money up, everything, make it look kind of different in there. She comes in, she look at them, y'all, y'all ain't have to put nothing up. I know what this is. Mm-hmm. I need y'all to tell, y'all need to call who in charge over here to the building. It's two o'clock in the morning, bro. Mm. So the guys that are in charge got to get out of their bed and come talk to my mom. She tell them, this boy is an A and B student in his junior year and he don't need to be doing this with y'all. I need y'all to let him go. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we were with some guys who were kind of understand. They looked at me. It's like, bro, you an AB student? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He like, man. They know, wish you, they wish they had the talent you had, and and you over here running ma'am, behind. Man, you can it. go home. We're gonna bring them home. <laughs> so I had to pay for being let off, though, right? You know okay. what I mean. So I had to pay for it. So they had my brothers. You know, give give me a violation. Those of you from Chicago know what a violation is. Sound like vice lords. Hey man, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> crazy. I ain't gonna lie to you. Two, two minutes. Two minutes. No cover up. I, Organized I, crime is my passion, brother. Oh my god. Organized man. crime. So I got that, and they sent me back, and that was the that was one of the first interventions from my mom. Okay. Right. So later on, uh, mentorship came from the block. It came from some guys who... I, I, because at this point, they don't want to deal with mom. So if they see you... Yeah, at this point... This they're making sure you're going that, in the right direction. No, nobody on the block would let me get down for a long time. And then we moved. And then um, my, I ended up on the streets at 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not with mom now. Got you. know you. what I'm saying? So I can do what I want to do. And see, that that's interesting because my story at about 16, 17 takes a turn. I started living on my own yeah. uh, in an apartment. Yep. I'm ripping and running with a record label here in Dallas. I'm literally in the club from Wednesday night to Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That party promotion getting yeah, down. Yeah. I remember them days. <clears throat> Mondays and Tuesdays. Mondays, I would just sleep. Yep. Tuesday, I'm supposed to be in school. I'm skipping school to go down to the office meeting to get yelled at. (laughs) And then right back to the party on Wednesday night, Thursday. At least you went. I didn't go at all. I was like, you know what? I'm on my own. I'm grown now. I got, and the crazy part is, so I'm on the street. Mm -hmm. So is my sisters. Okay. My sisters are younger than me. I ain't got time for school, bro. I got to make money. And the only way I know how to do that is back up on these packs. Yeah, and see, the, I'm not going to sit here in front like I was reaching out for the packs. Uh, it was dropped in my lap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ripping and running in that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Somebody thought I knew something. They yeah. come to me with a proposition. I accept the proposition, and then next thing I know, I'm out. involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a real eye-opener when you come home one day and everything in your fucking house is taken. Yeah. Everything. So I was on the block, man. Shout out to 5151 South Polina. 
5150, that's the that's the code for crazy. And- <laughs> no, 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 no. 5151 South Polina in Chicago, man. Okay. That was the address that we called it 5151 because that was the address, but it was it was us, man. It was a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds living together trying to make it work, man. And so, you know, I was in between two blocks. Yeah. There was the Blackstones behind us on Marshfield. And then there was the the GDs on Hermitage. Oh, okay. So you were you were I was in between, in between too. It was at, and it was at wartime. Yeah. So they will always be doing some. So this one time it was a block party, um, and they shot at uh, at the block party through a gangway. Yeah. And I got super upset. Not only did the 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 Blackstones got upset, but so did we. And they're like, "Yo, we gonna we gonna handle this." So as I go in the house and, and I'm coming back out and I'm upset, I look down the block and the GDs. Are coming our way, mm. and I turn around because I need. I'm thinking I need help. And those and I, that don't know, GDs are the gangster disciples. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> gonna, I'm not gonna give up too much information. Look online, and, and do your homework. If you don't know, we ain't claiming it. We ain't banging in here, but we just yeah. want you to know what we're talking and about. And I turned around, and the Black Stones are coming from the other block. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a fight. And I'd already picked who whose side I was on from jump because you know they were already took care of me. You know, I was serving for them. They was making sure my sisters was good. I'm taking their side. And it yeah. was a big fight. Huge fight. We're talking about the police stood to the side and let the fight Happen. die down yeah. so that they can take who they wanted to prison. They stepped to the side. So after the fight, you know, I'm in the house. My girl trying to take care of me. I got a couple of bruises or whatever. And um, this dude came in. And he was like, bro, I never want to see you out there again. Mm-hmm. I was like, what you mean? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to help the block, bro. I mean, I try, they, they out here shooting. We got kids out here. I don't like none of that. He said, bro, I saw your I saw your report card over there on the table the other day. I see you. You ain't no dummy. You yeah. ain't no dummy, bro. Like, you got to stay away from me. He sat down with me. Listen to me. This is crazy. Now, this is this is a drug dealer, y'all. This is a guy that sat down with me with a gallon full of Hennessy, <laughs> two blunts full of weed, <laughs> and talked to me for two hours about how he didn't want me to be on the block with him. Yeah. And he said, you got to get up out of here, bro. You got to find a way. And he said, I need, I'm going to let you talk to my dad. His dad talked to me. He said, hey, um, I know a place where you can go. And it was Job Corps. Job Corps saved my life from, from dying on the Chicago streets because I was going to die being, being that dude. Yeah. Because I was on my way to being him. Like, people was respecting me. They wasn't going to let nothing happen. Like, it was crazy. So, um, those are the two type of mentors that it started out being. It started out being the streets mm-hmm. and looking at people and their work ethic and their hustle to take care of the. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand. A lot of these guys are just trying to take care of their family. Like they got a grandma at home that can't work By and means. school ain't making no money and her disability not doing it. And this kid, like, yo, the only thing I know how to do is sell these bags of weed. And it's a generational thing. Yeah. Like the family knows. Especially in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And, you and, grow up being you grow up being a gangster disciple. You grow up being a black stone or vice lord. You mm-hmm. grow up in that gang environment, and you get passed down mm-hmm. the reins to the block. Like I know people that that they brother was you know the the man on the block, and they were like, "Yo, when when he get old enough, he gonna pass over to him." And you end up getting six seven blocks full of gentle guys who are doing this this work for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people all the time, you can you can disagree all you want to, but some of the best businessmen are drug dealers. Correct. They know how to run people. They know how to get a product out there. Market. They know how to they know how to run a business. It's mm-hmm. just a product that is illegal. Correct. But if you put those guys in an environment where they can run a business, they can probably do better than most CEOs because well, they get Well look at the majority of what's happening in the rap game right now. You know, you got a lot of top Top end hustlers that are that have made their way into the to the J- legit side of the Jay-Z. business. Jigger, 
Jay Z, <laughs> first billionaire come from the streets. So yeah. let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, like if you if you look at it, the man took what people was giving him. He took the opportunity and said, "Yo, I need to make more." Mm-hmm. He was talk. I was talking to my wife the other day. He was talking about more before we knew he was talking about more. Hmm. The boy, if you go back to the La Familia, La Familia album. On the uh, album, on the song, um, that's um, the dynasty. Yeah, the dynasty yeah. song. Yeah, with him, uh, Emil, Memphis Bleak, mm-hmm. and Benny Siegel. He he told him. He said, "Rock aware, eighty mil, like eighteen months. You can BS with rap all you want." Yeah, yeah. He telling you right there what the revolution. Done, you'll see what was what Holla Hove. I be in a cut. He was talking big business then. Yeah. When everybody else was just thinking about music, and then as his music evolved, he would throw them little hints in there about what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And now that he done it, this is the part that I don't like. People disrespecting him, talking about oh he's selling out to the NFL and everything like that. The man has a platform to talk with the people that that's taking care of business. Correct. And if he wants to change what we've been talking about changing, mm-hmm. he has the opportunity. He has the money, the resources. <laughs> And the influence to change that. Let him do what he do because you never know what's happening. And we talked about this uh, on another show before. And what we did was uh, I actually held off. I actually held off on uh, on my judgment on what he's going to do until we actually see what's going to be uh, being done. Exactly. We haven't even seen. We just know that he's trying to partner with them. He's trying to do business with them. You don't know what the business, the contract, none of that involves. You don't know what he's doing. And sometimes our people, though, they, we just like to be mad just to be mad. Like, we'll be mad with no solution. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I hate that. Well, what would you like to see? So, well, I don't want you doing it. Like, come on, man. So like, there's a reason to be mad. Yeah. Now, I'm going, we're going to transition to something that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, th- don't be mad at a guy who got it, trying to teach you how to get it through his only resource, which is music, uh-huh. and, and showing you his life, and trying to make change in a way that you don't understand. Correct. Be mad at a gentleman who you've been thinking all your life that your girl think is sexy, that your sister think is sexy, that, that he been doing sexy music, and he come out and tell y'all that it's okay to have uh, a <laughs> Be mad at that. Yeah, you need to be real mad at be that. Be mad at a gentleman that can that, that can tell you. So let's go ahead and chop it up about this, because oh we're we going to get God. into it specifically. Specifically. Uh, man, I would love it, man, if that dude, if you tuned in right now, bro, give us a call, 469-759-7797. You're tuned in to power214.com, and you're listening to World Famous Man Lounge with Frankie and that dude, and we're chopping it up with brother Michael Burks, who is an author, consultant. Yeah. And motivational speaker. So this uh, past week, and uh, Angela Yee's podcast, yep. Yep. Uh, she had R and B singer Tank on there, and uh, they were asking questions about uh, is it how did it go? Because he he didn't he didn't say that he did suck dick. No, he's advocating that a man can suck dick one or two times so, and it be okay, and, you know, which is not okay. Please excuse what's going on inside of here right now in my live. I know y'all don't get me on this level. <laughs> but this the man lounge and y'all get us lounge, on this, this level. This a little different. Yeah. I'm going to be open about this. Uh, any male on male contact is gay. It's homosexual. Let's use the right I want to say the it. intent. I want to, alright, because. Even the intent of thinking of you're going you're gonna to do this is a homosexual thought. <laughs> hey yo, yo, we got the producer in the building. He said he wasn't going. He wasn't going to let it not be known. Hey, it's a catch. I mean, it's a catch. Like this is the Des Bryant situation, bro. If you got it in your hand, 
or in your mouth. But see, this this the problem. This the problem that I have. Okay, when people have their platforms, yeah, and then they go out there and they want to hit you with these off the wall ass comments just so that everybody can generate some exposure. Some exposure, and you 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 heard. But there brand. there's some teenager. There's some kid. Who a, heard that? That is confused and, out here. And said, you know what? Oh, he said it's cool. Man. That man, shit is not cool. You you cannot use your platform in any type of way. I don't use my platform. When I'm talking in schools, I don't use it to promote any type of hate, any type of, of discontent. There's yeah. no, nothing that can hurt a child's growth. Okay. You are a R&B singer, and these women, these young kids, use you as a... A uh, placebo mm-hmm. or, or uh, a catalyst to get in the bed with females. Correct. And now that you've come out and said it's okay to put a a, a John in your mouth. Well, here goes another R and B dude possibly singing about another goddamn dude. This is right now. You got to tell you, ask yourself how many of these songs were you talking about genuine? Maybe I mean, like who who knows? Are you the reason why your group couldn't get together? Right, because you over here trying to suck on some penis exactly. and they trying to do music like you have to look at the whole picture now like yo where did this come from and why is it so okay to talk about this out in the open like that On the, because I thought back in the day we, we're so we're so uncensored that everything is okay to talk about now mm-hmm. everything like there's nothing that's in private no more mm-hmm. and I think we should go back to some things should be private well, and that's also because this has been a generation of babies raising babies. True. Uh, with the absence of a lot of fathers and some in some instances, the absence of a lot of mothers yep. uh, being in the household. These children are being raised one way. And sometimes that way is strictly by television. It yep. might be by social media consumption. Uh, but they're being influenced and they're being exposed to a lot of things that we didn't learn until we were a little bit older. For instance, in middle school, at the most that I was doing was kissing on the playground. You know what I'm saying? Writing letters. Will you go with me? Blah, blah, blah. Now you got 7th and 8th graders talking about, oh, I fucking the ass because I want to stay a a virgin. So I don't don't have sex in my vagina. I'm like, what? what? (laughs) Like, where the fuck does this come from? It's losing your virginity in any type of way. Like, sex education is lost now. So I think a lot of miseducation, I don't even think they have sex education anymore. And I don't think it's, I don't even think it's the education, bro. It go, and it boils down to, and I'm going to give a shout out. Well, I'm saying a lot of miseducation. People take people one space, social media, where you, where you got at home. Okay. Well, yeah, you You, got to set the foundation at home. You, you, and I'm going to be real. You nothing as fathers, Mm -hmm. men Mm -hmm. who make a baby and are not teaching your man how to be a man, mm-hmm. y'all failing us. Correct. Right? And it, and it came from the generation before us mm-hmm. because they you know, went out and got a, a loaf of bread and some cigarettes never, never came, came back. back home. <laughs> or, you know, they were they were low-key gay and their mom found out some type of way. Like, or they other, lived down the street with the side chick who got the new baby and he and left his family of, at home and they stay right there in the and same town. That, that was what it was supposed to be. You men out here, and I'm going to be real, real, because, and I'm going to give a shout out to my my previous coach, uh, Kendall Ficklin, who created a group called G-Men, okay. that they talk a lot about stuff like this, about what it takes to be a man mm-hmm. and what it looks like to be a man. Because that's one of the failing cornerstones in the family right now. Yep. While we see some of these boys that we got like what we have right now. You men out here who are not being a man to your child that are not, not 
uh, uh, going home every night and spending time with your son and being there for him when he wants to play football, baseball, basketball, or when he has a question about how he's feeling and all this other stuff that we go through as a man. man. If yep. you're not there for him, you are failing your family in the, in the most major way, and you're the worst type of man in this environment. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not even going to uh, sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. You're, the, you're the problem that we have with the men in this world right now. You're the reason why we're fighting so hard to get back into one space mm-hmm. because you don't know how to handle your own feelings. You went on and left and quit the family, and now your son is out here looking at influencers like Tank and figuring out, <laughs> oh, maybe I can suck a little dick. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's definitely not acceptable. Definitely, definitely not acceptable. No. And so what, what I'll say to that is this, man. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. But just to play the flip side, yeah. Becoming a father, becoming a husband, uh, relocating, having to provide for a family. Yeah. Man, that's a scary process, it bro. It is. It that's is. a scary process. I've been doing it for a very long time. My first child was at 17. Oh, was it? Yep. Man, I waited. So, <laughs> my, first child, my first child was 17, at 17. I was ready to take... I was ready to take the responsibility, but okay. because of a situation that happened at that time, she didn't want to be with me, and I, I, I did what any 17-year-old kid do. All right, bitch, I don't need but, and, and see, but that's different to me because... You you hadn't matured. She hadn't matured mentally yeah. at that age. Y'all made that decision. However, y'all, you know whatever process y'all used to go through there. Yeah. I wouldn't. I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't be as as um, punitive against yeah, somebody yeah, in that yeah. scenario. Yeah. I'm punitive against the dudes that already have an established family. Yep. That decide to go outside and have outside kids. Yeah. And then they not taking care of none of them. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm like that because I've watched guys who have a baby, and that kid is yours Mm -hmm. and you can literally walk away from the baby. Like what man, what father, what parent can walk away from their child that is your creation. Like, I don't get it. You but know, that, I know but stress, you got to have that connection. Life, you got to have that connection. That stuff. And the connection comes as soon as you look, man, let me tell you, I, the first time I saw my daughter, cause I didn't see the first baby get born. Okay. I didn't see the one in the 17 year old. But I saw and your seventeen-year-old second... was the, is the male, right? No, no, no. So, uh, no. So you have a I son, was right? Seventeen. Yeah, no, I'm my, saying you have my son. Yeah, my youngest son is. Uh, all right, so let's go through. You got a son and a daughter. Let's go through the children <laughs> right quick, so we can understand. Everybody, let's go through the children right quick. So I have um, five children. Oh, okay. I have a twenty. I'm sorry, Ariel, if I'm getting it wrong. Twenty-six-year-old. Okay. Um, that was the first one I had at seventeen years old. I have a nineteen-year-old. I have a 12, 11, and 5. How many girls? How many boys? Three girls, two boys. Man. My youngest boy is five years old playing football right now. Shout out to Matthew. If you listening, bro, through your mom's phone, shout out to you. I love you, bro. At home, I hope you're doing good. So, yeah, man, my children, um, when I first saw Dolores, which is the 19-year-old get born. Okay. There was nothing. Let me tell you a story about fatherhood and how it works. I was working for Barton Security in Chicago, in, in uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. night shift. Okay. Over the last week, my baby was giving my the girlfriend I had at the time problems, back and forth to the hospital. She having a baby, not having a baby. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was just one last time. She called me. She said, they said I'm having a baby. I didn't want to call you, but they said, yes, I'm having a baby tonight. So huh. I tell my boss, I'm like, yo, she having a baby. He was like, that's what you said the other day. I said, no, the doctor said she's about to have the baby um, I'm going to need to get up out of there. He told me, well, bro, I just can't keep letting you go. I'm going to need you to choose. Mm. It's either your job or going to see your baby. As he was saying that, 
I was taking off my Barton security jacket, Walking folding out. it up <laughs> to hand to him and walk out the door on him. He looked yeah. at me and said, bro, you really for the go? And I said, yes. Ain't no he question. thought you made this up. Right. Yeah. Bro, and, and I don't care. If, and I lost that job. Yeah. But I experienced one of the most amazing things on the planet which was seeing my daughter birthed. And the first thing that she saw was her dad's face. Man, it's so different having girls. You know what I mean, man? Bruh. So if y'all never had a girl, Shit, uh, it changed ready. your life as a man. It changed your the, life. And that's the problem what I'm having about some men. When you okay. have a girl, that should soften your heart and your life in a way where you're like, oh my God, now I got to protect her from the niggas it, like me. Correct. But it softened my heart, but it also opened my eyes that I have to educate her about niggas like me. Exactly. Because as soon as she bring a nigga in the house that's like me, and I'm be like, damn, it. you found the one. You, so <laughs> you out here looking for the one that act like your daddy. Dad. You need to stop looking for dad. And she just don't know how crazy her dad is. Yeah. And so, I, I go through it. I man, go through it, man. I got, I, I'm going through it right now. So so my older brother, we got a series of brothers. Uh, yeah. My oldest brother, uh, George Alonzo Meredith, a.k.a. Moot, uh, he passed away uh, quite some time ago. Well, it's, Six it's, years it's, old. I'm sorry. Uh, my wife is looking at me on live. Matthew is six years old, not yeah. five years old. So I want to get that right before my wife throws me out the house tonight. <laughs> Sorry, and, and so when we had my when we had my baby boy in uh, 2009, I thought I had knew everything about you oh, know yeah. the process and raising kids yeah, and how it's going to feel. Like, oh, I know what I'm doing. So uh, three years later, my my daughter's here, uh, and man, when I say changed my life, it changed my life. Uh, my older brother that passed away, he has uh, two. I'm sorry. He's got a. He's got quite a few kids. He's got three three daughters and, and a son. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Amir, uh, Nana. Shit, there's so many of y'all. Tata, <laughs> <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> but uh, basically, my commitment to him. My brother passed away unexpectedly. Yeah. My commitment to his kids, and I had these conversations with him. Is hey man, as long as you keep telling me the truth, you keep me involved in your life. I'll always be there for you. So uh, it gets to a point where my sis calls me one day and she's basically like, yo, your niece is tripping. You need to talk to her. Mm. Well, sis, I, my I sister's got a, she got, she got a foundation, you bro. You give me details. I'm going to give you some details. Can, no, I'm talking about, if you call me, tell me my niece is uh, tripping. Well, when she, when she said, when, when she said tripping, she was like, uh, your, your niece has decided to have a boy in the house while we weren't here. Unacceptable. Mm, so I'm like, okay. okay. And she said, she's just being defiant. At this point, my niece was due to come down here. She likes to come down. She spends a week. I spoil her up. We going to have hibachis. We at <laughs> you I'm know, giving you everything. Texas Day Brazil, eating sushi, doing all you that got, stuff. You got all my money, all my time. She gets Why it all. She gets it all. I just melt down when I see my nana. That that's my first princess. Well, excuse me, my second, uh, third princess. Yeah, my older brother. He had an older daughter. Home, my brother here. Yeah, I'm gonna have some problems today. <laughs> Shout out to McKelney, who was my first. That's my firstborn. That's my brother's daughter. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I know I'm rambling, but no, no, we good. when she, uh, so when sis calls and says she's having a problem, in my head right away, I'm sitting here saying, damn, man, what the hell is going on? My yeah. sister wouldn't pick up the phone on the call all the way down here to have me discipline her on the phone. So it must be something serious. Okay. But I have the type of relationship or I've established the type of relationship that my family knows I'm no nonsense. Yeah. So if you got something going on, don't fucking sugarcoat it with me with the, well, you know, I've been trying to do this. No, 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 no. no, no. What you need? What's up? What, what, Let's get need, to the problem. Well, how hard do you need me to go right now? So I like I get on the phone with her and I just tell her, hey, mom called. What's up? And she's like, <laughs> that's her uh, opening. That's yeah. her opening. You got to tell me. You, gotta t- you better tell me now what's going on. I'm keeping it real know. with her. I'm keeping it real with her. I'm like, hey, I know how old you are. I don't give a fuck about how old you are. 
I will still get on a plane and come there and do what I need you, to do to get your ass. Oh, don't. Hey, let me tell you. I'm going to tell you, you about what I say message. about the boy. The, the boy wasn't know. even involved. <laughs> the boy's no longer involved, okay? Of course. So, you know, I run down. Hey, man, changing behavior. This going on. I said, you think people are going to pay money for you to come here? And spend more money on you, and you not taking care of your business. So, long story short, we have a heart to heart, and she gives me the true details of what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So, the true details are too much for me to deliver back to mom. So, I give her a timeline. Listen, you have two weeks to get your shit together and have a have a change of behavior. You got one week to tell your mama what you just told me, oh. or I'm gonna be picking up the phone telling your mama. And you don't want it from me because I'm gonna tell it real raw. I'm, I'm as raw as you can get it. Yeah. Okay, so when she calls me back and says, "Hey, whatever you said to my daughter, it worked." Change, yeah. But and and this this matriculates throughout life, man. Yeah, I coach in youth sports, and some of these things, some of these coaches on these other teams, it's a lot of daddy ball going on. Yep, they're not letting their kids be developed by a professional. They're not letting their kids be developed by their coach. Sometimes you have to relate to these kids instead of pushing a program on them. Yep. Sometimes you got to connect with them. Yeah. You got to hear what they're trying to accomplish. They got stuff before you shut them down. I, I tell the teachers that I that I work with and, and in development, you need to understand that what we went through is nothing compared to what they got going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have the pressures of social media of the, the 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 extent to what bullying goes into these days. All the stuff. Then and you I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I think bullying builds character. I do. I think bullying builds it character. It built our character. It's just because that, we had people behind us said if you don't go back out there and swing You're gonna get your ass whooped here. <laughs> but you got kids who are looking at a tank and are confused about their sexuality. Yeah. And then they go to school where people are making them even more confused with their sexuality by touching them and yeah. I invite them to these little social gatherings. Because I don't, I don't remember my teachers fucking like these teachers are fucking. I might have went to school more if my teachers were getting away pussy like that, boy. I was- <laughs> Let me tell you something. My wife, my wife knows what I'm talking about. I stand in front of her. There's like two teachers that if it, if it was, They would have got the business, if huh? If she came to me and said, listen, I want to do something personal and, and private with you and help you with your math. Oh, really? I do need help Arithmetic with that. Arithmetic like a mother. I, I polygons. one or two looks like. But... but they, they get so much, and the teacher's not understanding that it's a different era, different yeah. generation, and you not a, you don't have to adjust or adapt, but you definitely need to understand and be able to guide them in the right direction. What we got? I look like we got somebody. Hey, man, we got a couple people jumping, man. We want to give a shout-out to, uh, oh, John Baptiste. What's going on, brother? How you doing out there, man? I see you up there in Delaware. Uh, brother Curtis Wilbert, downtown. What's good with you, Dallas? Uh, shout out to the Raider family, y'all checking in. Uh, Miss Alex, a queer Alex, uh, and Yolanda Smith. Grown folk conversations. That's right, grown folk conversations, y'all. Yeah, we yeah. trying to educate the men, man. We trying to put together a platform out here, even though we not as big as Tank and Angela Lee. What we trying to do? <laughs> we trying to we trying to combat some of this bullshit that's going on, on out here. Real, that's misleading our kids and getting them to do things. Uh, that they shouldn't be doing. Shout out to you women out here. Um, I need you to understand that you are not a father. Please stop uh, uh, telling yourself Happy Father's Day to yourself when it's Father's Day. And <laughs> Girl, you that. are doing it. And look, I'm not saying that to be. I'm not. I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm saying that to say you're doing great as a mother. Correct. Like we we understand the trials that you go through. We understand the things that you have to go through, and you're doing great as a mother. 
I'm talking about those guys that uh, that helped you create that baby. I'm talking about those guys who came into your life as a boyfriend yeah. and said they was going to help you with the baby, but now they're gone because y'all Listen. not acting all right. Yeah. Like all that goofy stuff that's going on, there needs to be someone that speaks out and says, uh, nigga, get your act straight. Get your shit together. Because truth and honesty, whether if it's your child or not, these boys need more positive role models than ever. And I don't care if it's biological dad, stepdad, side dad, whoever mm-hmm. it is, you need to be stepping up and being like, yo, that ain't how we do things, bro. Well, let me, let me uh, revert back to a conversation that you and I were having. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to organizing, I have, I have a few different lists in my phone book, yep. okay? There's a few different chimes that go off. When a certain chime goes off, I don't yep. care what I got going, I answer that call yep. or I reply to that message. Yep. <laughs> With that being said, uh, when I had lost my uncle, my brother, and my father, all within relative about a year or so, wow. uh, I found myself in search of trying to find male yeah. advisors. Yep. Uh, at the time, I was generating a lot of money for myself uh, at that age, 21, 22, 23, going through there, uh, doing a lot of different things at a high level. Yep. Uh, but I was playing the sounding board for a lot of people but I had nobody to bounce these things off of. So what I found myself doing was uh, actually like being a recluse. I I wasn't going to do normal things. I didn't want to go to the clubs. I I was tired of the clubs because of what I had did between 15 and 21. (laughs) And and it's not that I did it all. It's just that I saw it at a certain level. I had produced events. I I had created those opportunities and I saw what was driving people to those opportunities. And it it wasn't what I I wanted. Yeah. I think for you, it was like, if it ain't, if it ain't generating money, money yep. why am I even in here? And so when I left the entertainment game and started security, I just went around town and grabbed some of the biggest security guys. And then when uh, Texas came out with the law that you had to hire your own armed security guard within the state of Texas, that helped create a lot of business for me. Yeah. yeah. And so when I had started doing that, uh, the change in my life was watching a family member pass away in 9-11 and then watching him being buried with the 21-gun salute. Yeah. And the folding of the flags and the honor guard and all that. Yeah. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, man, what are people going to say about me? Yeah. Like, what's my legacy? Oh, he, he sold dope. He did his thing. He fought like a motherfucker. Like, is that what you really want to be? And so, consciously, man, for like two and a half years, I did nothing but work, 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 work every day. Yeah. I didn't even go out. I was, I was literally getting up at four in the morning. Yeah. And I was going to bed at one in the morning. Yeah. I had work. <clears throat> I did my schooling. I did uh, several jobs. I worked in equipment. I was coaching. Uh, then I had to go be a student. Uh, so things had just got to a point where the pressure was building up because it's like now I got pressure to produce these degrees. I got people that's on my back. And then I'm being asked to be a part of an inaugural uh, master's class. So I had to set the standard there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. <clears throat> At the same time, I'm being doubted as a professional because – I have been asked to serve as the interim senior associate athletic director. So in serving in that role, I'm in charge of people that are making more money than me, that are older than me, that have more experience than me. Yep. But yep. At, but they saw the leadership ability in myself. Yeah. So what, I had to stop questioning myself. I had to stop uh, pulling myself out of. So if I saw anything out of whack that I didn't like, I pulled myself out of the situation. I've lived my life like that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how I've stayed alive in Chicago. I stayed alive in Chicago when I felt like things were getting out of out of out, out of your of, control. Like when I felt like things were going left. I'm, yeah. You know what? Time for me to get up out of here. I think this is this ain't me right here. So 
I get exactly what you're saying, man. I think the moment that I found out that I'm going to be alone in this man situation is the day I met my father. Mm. Like, and see that that's that's something I accepted. I, met I love being alone. I met him at 31. Okay. So the story that I always got about him was that he was dead. Gotcha. That was the first story I always. Wow. And then the stories I used to hear about him, the way he did my mom, were always. You know, the beating. and yeah. I mean, like, bro, I heard someone told me a story about time where I was five years old and he tied my mom to a toilet and made me beat her with a bat. Wow. With one of those plastic toy bats. Yeah. Like, these were stories that I would hear. Wow. So I always grew up with anger and content in my heart for this man, right? So I met a barbecue, uh, just came back from uh, Kentucky. You know, I was living there for a minute. Mm-hmm. and uh, Paducah? Back. No, not in Paducah. <laughs> Mayfield. Okay. Mayfield, which is... 40 okay. minutes not, not far from it Okay Yeah cause you know You gotta go Halfway between Paducah I just know Paducah Got the airport out there And my brother's always Flying Paducah, up there Paducah is the only place Where you can go shopping at Mayfield you can't go shopping there. Gotcha you that. Mayfield is that In and out Okay um, Everybody know your business there <laughs> <laughs> But finish the story Yeah I was there man And I, get, I got back to Chicago My sister was um, My sister was uh, About to get married She mm-hmm. had met this great guy She was uh, having a barbecue and my uncle, who was alive at the time, uh, sat me down. He said, Mike, I need to tell you something. I said, what's up? He said, um, your real dad's alive. Wow. And he lives in this area. I said, what? Like, y'all, people been telling me he's dead for a long time. Like, no, nah, Mike, he's not dead. And he's alive and he's in this area. I was like, well, you know, I've been in this area before. I've been in Chicago 30 years. I ain't ran to him yet. Who's to say I will? Yeah. Let me get back to this barbecue. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Let me get some of the, 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 the chips and dip, all this good stuff. So I get back to it, and my sister, about 45 minutes later, said, Hey, Mike, I forgot to get, you know, I think it was some uh, some buns for the, the hot dogs or whatever. I'm like, all right, where we at? I'm like, you, you need me to go to the store with you? Because at the time, she had already used up all her little cash to do this yeah. big event. I'm like, I got you. I ain't going to get it. It's okay. cool. So we go to the store. And I walk in, and uh, uh, if you're from Chicago, you know about Vintner's chips. I, I saw the Vintner's thing, and uh, I needed some salt and vinegar. I just know about White Castles, baby. Oh, White Castles? Give me 13. Hey, they was the original sliders before they even thought of the word hey, slider. on the real. <laughs> hey, look, you can only get them at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. Bruh, you go to the give bathroom. me 15 with cheese. Bruh, we used to have it in East Orange, New Jersey. Oh, you getting a whole man, sack? Man, man. This guy eating a whole 15 Bruh. sack with fries? Bruh. Nah, don't need no fries. No fries. 15 with cheese, that's all I need. So um, two bites gone. Let's, let's get it, man. So I'm um, the, the, my sister. She's at the counter, and I'm getting the chips. Mm-hmm. And I look over, and um, this guy walks up to my sister and says, "Adrian." So let me tell you, we don't never call my sister by her real name. Her, wow. na- her nickname was Nisi. Okay, that's what we called her. So this dude calling her Adrian. You already knew it was personal. Yeah, shook us both. So me and my sister used to sell. You know, we used to be on the block together a little bit. So we had a little bond. So she looked over his shoulder. Okay, and looked at me like this. And I'm like, got you. And he said, you're Adrian, right? Because my sister looks just like my mom when she was that age. Mm. So I pushed my sister aside. And as I push her to the side and look at this guy face to face, I knew what was up. But I had to ask him, who is you? He said, little Michael. So my hand clenched up. And I was ready. I'm talking about, I'm about to give him the work, work in yeah. this doggone store. Yeah. Me and him going, both going to jail together. And he said, Mike. He looked at my fist. There's two sides to a story. You're right. So I let I let him tell his story, side of the story, and I learned a lot about that situation we just talked about. Yeah. You know, my mom was 16. He was 21. They just had this boy. 
neither one of them know what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that a lot Very of similar to what you experienced yeah, at 17. A lot of stuff went down. Yeah. You know, conflict, my mom moving around, didn't know what to do. Like, it went down. So I understood at that point. But that was my first mentor situation, now that I think of it, on what not to do mm-hmm. as a father. Isn't, isn't it scary? Because I was you don't know. Isn't it scary, though, how how the same mistakes can be replicated Man. and not even knowing? So let me tell you how this trickles down. Remember mm-hmm. I told you about my, my uh, first child? Mm-hmm. Um, the 26-year-old. The 26-year-old. <laughs> that I didn't meet until two years ago. Oh, wow. When I first saw her, she was one years old. How's that relationship developing? Amazing. Is it? But... Because and I don't I know a lot of people do not there's some people that don't believe in God and all this stuff that's cool mm-hmm. but I believe in God and mm-hmm. I believe that what you sow into the world will come back to you okay if I never gave my dad a chance at 31 in mm-hmm. that store when I found her on Facebook and was like yo I want to have a relationship when I found her mother was like yo I want to have a relationship with my daughter can we honestly say that God would have gave me that chance if I never gave my dad a chance at 31? Correct. To bring you know it what back. I'm yeah. So I, I love the fact that I learned that situation when I was with there that taught me later on how to handle the situation with my daughter. Um, who, who uh, Shout out to Ariel. I don't know if you can see me, babe. You probably can. Um, you'll probably see it later on. But yeah, I it, it was a, a, a lot of my life got taken away from her because of mistake of being a father, not knowing mm-hmm. what to do as a man, yeah. and not having male figures in my house. And then once I got male figures and understood and got some some spirituality in my life, I was able to handle that situation in a better manner. So, um, you you influencers out there, you guys who have a platform, whether if it's you got a hundred thousand people in your feed or you got millions of people, everything you say is writing the story for tomorrow's future. These people. They look up to you. They think you're amazing. They they think that you're the next mm-hmm. God in their life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your word is bond. Yep. If you're not teaching them the right things, if you're not saying the right things, then you are setting us up for a very, very desti- destitute future, man. Yeah. Because these kids are going to follow what you say. They're going to do what you do. And then you're going to look around and you have no leg to stand on when you tell them that's not the right way to do it because you taught them that. Yeah. Hey, and you're listening to the motivational words of Brother Michael Burke. <clears throat> this is another episode <clears throat> of the World Famous Man Lounge on Power214.com. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Frankie and that dude, and we're chopping it up with Brother Michael Burke. If you want to give us a call, hit the jack, 469-759-7797. We're proudly sponsored by DSRRBusRental.com. That's right. If you're heading down to the Dominican Republic and you want to do some international travel, you need hotels, you need activities, Whatever it is, call Rosario, 717-589-8406. And just so y'all know, I do that off the top of the dome. No paper, no nothing. One take, Jake. <laughs> but, yeah, we're just here chopping it up with Brother Michael Burke. Hey, man, uh, the other part of our show, man, I really enjoyed the conversation today, and we still got uh, a little bit more to go. Uh, we're going to open it up into the freestyle. So freestyle today is just Feel Good Friday. Hit us up, 469-759-7797. Feel free to give us a call and tell us what you feel good about today on this good old Feel Good Friday. It's cold as hell down here in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, cold. <laughs> well, cold compared to what they 
Well, they used to. Trip. It's, 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 it's 45 degrees, 50 degrees. <laughs> y'all people on my feet in live, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's 40, 50 degrees here. I'm able to wear a sweater. Hey. I'm out here talking about it's cold. Hey, man, I had to put that jacket on today. But real quick, uh, you in the sports? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So, NFL, last night, uh, Redskins-Minnesota kicked off. Uh, tighter game than what we thought. I think the spread was at 13 and a half or 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ended up being a 10-point game. Minnesota won last night 19 to 9. How you feeling, man? Who's your squad? Chicago, right? Of course. Absolutely. But y'all are two games behind? Two games behind. Right Green now. Bay. And it's, it, it's, it's a problem. Uh, the quarterback situation is destitute right now. Well, while we talk about quarterback situation, great segue to my Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes looked like a fucking rookie last week. Uh, <laughs> I don't sugarcoat it, guys. You know, I'm a coach. So, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm going to shoot it how I see it. Uh, we look like a rookie. He's got to get through his learning curve. <clears throat> but like I expressed to everybody, I'd rather be going through a learning curve then, with a rookie yeah. than having these mistakes come from a 16-year-old vet. This, uh, at least we can see what we can do. This guy, this guy Trubisky, man, is really hurting me to the heart right now. Like, we, we gave him a chance the first time. We tried to say, hey, we – He produced the first year for y'all. He did. But right now – And he's know. fresh off injury. I just don't know if y'all's offensive line is the same. No, it's not. And that's that's key in Chicago but, because Tariq Cohen is not doing what he was doing. True, true, and I don't know what that's about. Like, and then they, and then they the, kicked uh, they let uh, Howard go. What was a mistake? Jordan Howard? Yeah. So I mean, sometimes I man, you get these coaches in their first year instead of them looking at who the athlete is, both right. on and off the field, yeah. and understand what makes them tick. They think they can just let him go and then plug in somebody else and keep the machine I, going. I really it's not. Think I, so I think it's starting off with coaching. Down to uh, if we can get a, a a coach, a a good head coach, and who's your, who's y'all's coach now? I uh, forgot the name. Uh, uh, Nagy. Pa- yeah, Nagy. Yeah, and, and you know, so I'm not gonna say that. Come on, what y'all just thirteen and three? Nagy, Nagy's doing good. Nagy's what was y'all record good. last year? It was pretty decent. It, it, I mean, I understand y'all ended on a sour note with the fucking kicker missing, okay. <laughs> missing the show. We, but you still, still sound like you bitter right now about your squad. Him. And the punk's still missing him. I saw him. Miss but they got rid of. Him. They got rid of him. Yeah, but he's still missing him, which means to tell me that it wasn't just us talking down to you. You just a trash kicker. Oh. Let's be real about it. <laughs> so yeah, we. I'm glad we got rid of you. That's that. Two. Nagy is doing a great job, but I think he doesn't know what to do with. Mitch, got you. I think he doesn't understand Mitch. I don't think he un- understands what kind of offensive scheme to put him in, and the boy is unable to produce in the way he can. Now, there are other quarterbacks out there that I would love to see in in the uh, in the what's name. I, you know what? And I'm gonna be on live saying it. We need to give Colin Kaepernick a chance. Woo! Um, After you just spent a number one pick on Trubisky. Yeah, I think we need to give Colin Kaepernick a chance. He's still working out. I think he's still a great athlete. And I would love to have him with the Chicago Bears and see what he can do. At least we know that he's a producing quarterback. But he wouldn't produ- he wouldn't produce in that system. He's an RPO quarterback. Hey man, uh, let's see what happens. Should we put Mitch in a uh, system that he wasn't able to? We put a lot of people in a predicament that they weren't able to produce in the Chicago Bears. We've had so many chances to become a a contender in the NFL. Uh, what Brandon Marshall? Okay. Uh, we got rid of Alshon Jeffrey, who's doing Ooh, amazing right now. Man. Uh, we and I liked rid- him when he was in South Carolina. Uh, if we'd had Brian Erlacher still along with Doggone. Well, Erlacher was done. 
he was on he was on the downside because of the problems that was going on. Yeah. It wasn't just about and granted, yeah, it was the you know he had the, the concussions and all yeah. that other stuff, and it was personal wise. But I believe he had some years in it. And if he we had him with Mac, you know who I'm who I'm a shout out right now, who? and and we just need to be proud of as black men, who? Jacoby Brissett. Yes. Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. You don't hear nobody talking about Andrew Luck and how he retired because this brother has been doing his thing. They four he and two. overshadowed. Bruh, they beat Houston last Luck. week. Yeah, which is a big thing. Yeah. Houston is always a Because Deshaun Watson is the man. Man, Deshaun Watson is an animal to deal with. When Another level. And, and look, and he's have a lot of weapons on that field. And Bruh. just dealing with Deshaun Watson is enough. <laughs> that's, like being, that's like being a receiver and dealing with, Von, uh, what's his name? Uh. What's my man from uh, from well, the Redskins, the uh, the safety? Uh, oh, Norman, yeah. uh, the cornerback, Josh yeah. Norman. Josh Norman. It's He's like done, though, bro. He he. Last night, they had him slated just to, like, come in for a few plays, I and then the cornerback went down, Dunbar. Stuff, man. man, that dude, when we talk about mental health. Yeah, I think it's just some mental, <laughs> mental things going on. I, I think they, they go through, their life is on the line, man. You know what I mean? Well, with I them. identified something early on, and part of my research and obtaining my master's degree. Yeah. I looked at student athletes. I also looked at uh, youth sports, the yeah. overuse and misuse of uh, student athletes and, and younger athletes yeah. uh, in youth sports. And what I found out and what really made it click to me is that 30 for 30 uh, broke uh, session. Oh. So when they, when they did that 30 for 30 broke, it clicked in my head that the money that these people are getting, it normally takes you 40, 45 years to generate as a regular civilian, if you will. Yeah. So now you're taking this dude who went through all through high school, and you know you got to be pampered through high school in order to make these four- and five-star reviews, right? Yep, yep, yep. So you got people who's been on your back and, and funneling, giving you everything that you need. Yep. Then all of a sudden you go to college, yep. and you might spend two years there, and they're they going to do everything they can. And as we're finding out through investigations, a lot of them are doing things under the table uh, to make sure that these families are able to make it. Yep. Uh, and then the role that they're playing in a lot of these broken homes is the provider. So their first contract, they might see that money and think they're doing something, but they, they haven't paid pay taxes. Pay. <laughs> they haven't paid agents. They, they haven't pay paid their fees. Because he puts you through a all the fines. People don't understand the fines. Yep. Uh, you know, you should imagine you showing up to work. Let's let's just say one day I worked in a call center, right? I work at Verizon, Uh-oh. and 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 I show up, and on my desk is a fine for seventeen thousand dollars because I didn't say bye, or I might have cussed on the phone. Like <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't be at Verizon. Like y'all finding me big? For you know what I'm saying? So but people don't understand those fines for little stuff that we don't even see. The the brother from uh, the linebacker from New Orleans Saints, he decided to wear a, a head guard yep. uh, that said "Man of God." Yeah. He ended up with a big old fine. Well, he appealed it and they ended up taking it away. Let me tell you about a situation that that um, kind of like that. And we're talking. Well, about- well, hang tight on your story real quick because yep, yep. because we, we gotta go pay the bills real quick. Uh, we got another music set coming up. Uh, once we come back, we're going to finish chopping it up with brother Michael Burks uh, on Power Two One Four dot com. You're listening to the Louisiana Mix with DJ Troy Boy on the Man Lounge Radio Show on Power214.com.
word. And a Mossberg pistol grip pump on my lap at all times. Whatever my nigga, cause young nigga still dying. Island block, huh? Nigga, what? Huh? Give a fuck, nigga, what? Full of that weed. Planning like a poppy shit. A slanted and a chanting happy nigga name. Young bleed, Carly on. In the jungle where the murder me and mama for months and days. Tripping off the blunt, we play hella behind. And telling them why. I'ma never say die. You can see it in my eyes. Like a gun, pull a trigger. Shake that ass like a salt shaker. I keep a L lit up like an elevator. Bitch, shake it like a dog, hop like a frog, ride it like a horse. I throw that dick like darts. Drink all muddy, flag all bloody. I'm killing these hoes like that nigga Ted Bundy. I'm a good looking rapper, I ain't trying to stunt. I'ma fire my blunt like Donald Trump. Way at hope, way at hope. Can a nigga stick his key up in your back? So, so bad, these hoes so drunk. Club so packed, these hoes so drunk. This club so packed, these hoes so drunk. I got a bottle, got a bottle, got a molly, got a bottle. And my thing is slow motion, like so. Slim, come around, wipe it down like boosted. And bet a thing up for me to show me that you love me. If it's really too much for you, you can bring a couple buddies. Every day I do my thing, big stones and chains. She let me drill all in her mouth, no nose can't. Them other pro niggas, all they did was told you thing. I can put you on that G4 and show you thing. I like my women's bad air, pretty toes and thing. Deep in the cut, dog, cruise. Hey. Four real niggas, four rugers. Money on my mind. 
chick, bad chick, bad chick, better than my last chick. Oh, All my dudes, we spark a lot, so we toting big pistols in the parking lot. We on that dumb, 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 dumb shit. My side, ride or die, on that where you from shit. Nigga, you know she make me bop, 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 Rocky Bell boy. See, I'm loving when we thuggin', baby, just don't stop. You can wobble, they wobble, you try, try it like it's hot. Eat it up and eat it up, love, that's your dick. And if you ain't from the ghetto, then ride out, bitch. Arms, legs, backs, and breasts. You better read a fucking tax, nigga, man, and Suck it up and yuck it up, baby, work on that pole. Got them niggas in the circle hollering, it'll be old, old. Back that ass up, Lil, went all the way to the zipper. I really like your hot girl, but I got the flip, yeah.
have a dream of being in radio? Radio? Have you envisioned yourself in studio with a live DJ as the listeners let you provide the soundtrack of their day? Maybe you have the voice of the people, an ear to the streets, and will be the sound advice or comedic release someone needs for their day. Well, here's your opportunity. The partners of Power 214 Radio and Media are looking for fresh new shows and hosts with passion just like you. If you have a call into radio, a background in broadcasting, or would just like to have your own podcast or talk show on a national radio platform, contact us now at power214.com or directly at 214-709-9666. That's right. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Power214.com, and this is another episode of the World Famous Man Lounge. I am your boy, Frankie, and that dude is missing the day. That dude had a flat, but he'll be back in next week. Missed your dude. That dude. It's all good, baby. Hey, man, we've been sitting here chopping it up with the author, the speaker, the motivational speaker, that is, and the consultant, Brother Michael Burt. Yep, yep. Man, we appreciate you coming into the I Man Lounge. It, man. Much love. Tell the people how they can get a hold of you. Where, where where can they register for the conference? What you got coming up next? So uh, you can find me on social media through I am Mike Burks. That's I-A-M-M-I-K-E-B-U-R-K-S. You can find me on so, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, all those, LinkedIn, all those places like that. So if you want to connect with me professionally, you want to go through LinkedIn, um, if you want to just find out some motivating things and uh, just follow me and get to, uh, some some inspiration, you can go to Instagram. And a lot of times, and I'm putting up some content on Facebook as well. So lately, I'm trying to push this Facebook group that I'm uh, starting up right now called Success Society. Okay. Um, Success Society is about people who are trying to start a business who are unaware of how to really start it, don't know what it looks like. I have a group that is completely free. You don't have to pay no subscription. You don't got to do none of that. All you can do is contact me on Facebook, Michael Burks, or just type in I am Mike Burks inside of your, inside of your uh, search engine. Ask me about the Facebook group. I will add you to it. I already put a video up in there on how you can start your business from productizing your knowledge to how to know your numbers on how to uh, put your business together all the way to how to market it, a simple marketing plan. If you want to join that group, I would definitely love to have you in there. Mm -hmm. And then the event that's coming up uh, November 2nd, 2019, uh, it is the Real Advantage Conference. You can go to my website, IamMikeBurks.com slash events, and you can learn more about it there. Or you can contact me uh, through any social media and ask me about it there. I am right now looking for um, 10 10 of you, 10 high, uh, high, uh, high producing entrepreneurs, people who are trying to get to the next level, that's trying to cut through the noise that's going on in their head right now mm -hmm. to take their business to the next level in 2020. I'm taking on 10 people next year at a high level, and I'm going to take you from whatever number you have now, and we're going to increase that number by 100% guaranteed. Hey, and so you make sure you hit the man lounge, and you let us know. If you're trying to get connected with Brother Mike Burks and you forget, you can always hit us in the man lounge, Absolutely. and we're going to get you connected to him. Um, and that's about it, man. That's all I'm doing right now. And uh, just throughout this conversation, looking to partner with my man right now. You know, we uh, there was a couple of conversations. I was like, you know what? I think me and him need to be working together. So look out for the, my, my man, me and my boy uh, right here. We gonna me and my boy Franklin. We gonna try and see if we can't find a way to uh, help these athletes get through past the mental uh, mental health issues that they got going on right now. And man, thank you so much 
for uh, inviting me to this, man. Like the 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 environment, the the the, the couch and everything. Look, I was thinking I was going to be in a room with. Nah, like bro, little... we we actually had some drinks set up for you. We was oh. gonna bring the drink and all that, but that dude. End up with the flat, so that dude, <laughs> that dude. But we will be bringing you back in, man. You're you're a permanent member in the man lounge. Absolutely. Ever since I met you day one, you've been authentic and you kept it real, and I appreciate you coming on here you. and exposing yourself on your on the platform. Not everybody's gonna do that, man. Yeah. And you know, some people will be worried about the ripple effect, but I I, I really I, appreciate like you that. being authentic, bro. Yeah, I, I I grew up like that. Um, inside of my business, inside of my speaking. Um, I believe that nobody can get nothing from you unless they know a lot about, about you. you. Definitely, right? definitely. And, I, and they need to know that they you've been through something that they've been through. Yeah. Whether it's been in your childhood or right now as an entrepreneur, and I don't nothing's taboo with me about what I'm going through. I've been in places where I told people about the argument I had with my wife the day before mm-hmm. and how I was feeling at the moment. And they were like, "Yo." Really, this dude's raw. <laughs> yeah, this dude really gonna tell us that he told his wife that he, she can get out. Yeah, yeah he told yeah. her she can get out. Yeah. Because everybody feels like that sometimes. You need to know that somebody's feeling, feeling like the way, way you're feeling and got through it. Because nobody can nobody can help you through something unless they've been through something. Hey, and that's what we do in the Man Lounge, man. You can always reach out to us if you're going through something, whether it's mental illness, mental uh, mental health uh, resources, yeah. uh, whether you just need to call us and, and vent, or yeah. whether you just want to call us and tell us something positive, man. We want to hear it all. So y'all make sure y'all stay engaged with the Man Lounge on Instagram. I want to thank Michael Burke once again, our author, consultant, and motivational speaker for being here. You're a permanent member of the Man Lounge, so you're always welcome. I want, I want you to come back whenever you're ready, bro. Got my uh, car punched, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're going to have to bring you back for a video episode. Absolutely. So uh, when we do our next video podcast, I'll make sure I reach out to you. We'll see if scheduling match up and get you in there. Yep. Hey, as y'all know, man, uh, the Man Lounge is proudly sponsored. We got us another month, so we must be doing something right, man. We really, really appreciate Everybody that's been engaging with us on social media, uh, I did put it out there on social media. We are only a couple of followers away from our first 100. We done blew through 250 on Facebook. But on our uh, Instagram, man, you know, we're we, we trying to push it. So, y'all, make sure you follow us. The Man Lounge 214, we got 96 followers out there. We're trying to get some more. I said I was going to shout out our last seven. So, uh, at Extreme Drawings, you make sure you go check them out on IG. Uh, Tobias Martin, 21. He was number five. You make sure he, you check him out. That's my boy Tobe up there in Wilmington, Delaware, man. It's cutthroat up there in Delaware. Uh, and then uh, Steph Michelle. She's a uh, promoter out here. She, I believe she works with uh, Shucky Ducky. She represents Shucky Ducky. Oh, yeah. So shout out to uh, Steph Michelle for joining the Man Lounge. Hey, y'all tell a friend, tell a friend, man. Make sure they log in. Shit, power214.com. I am your boy Frankie on another Feel Good Friday, man, on behalf of our uh, CEO, T-Love, for power214.com, our engineer, Mr. Shampoo, our in-studio special guest, brother Michael Burks, and on behalf of that dude who is fucking missing again. Uh, man, you make sure you be the change that you want to see in this world. Until next time, peace. You're tuned in to the Man Lounge with Frankie and that dude right here on Power214.com. DJ Troy Boy. 
I heard motherfuckers saying they may hold. May hold say, okay, so make another hold. Niggas wasn't playing they day roll. So we parted ways like Ben and J-Lo. Should have been did it, but I've been in the days though. I put friends over business into the day though. But when friends, business interests is day glow. Ain't nothing left to say though. I guess we forgot what we came for. Should have stayed in food 